If you still have your Bibles, uh, I want you to turn back to Matthew chapter 27. I, I want to read uh, a, a larger portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 27. I want to start in verse 15 and read down verse, through verse 26. I don't include the two verses that we read for our, our text a m- moment ago, but I, I just want you to get the, and, and most of you know this, but I want you to get the background of of, the, uh, uh, of what Pilate was doing when he gave the people a choice between Jesus and Barabbas. So in Matthew chapter 27, verse 15, the Bible says, Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor asked and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all, they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person, See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. We know this passage of Scripture. It's a passage of Scripture that's very familiar. If if you've read the crucifixion story, you read this story in, in, in three of the Gospels. The religious leaders were jealous of Christ. They were jealous of the crowd that always followed him. Uh, They were dismayed about the teaching that he was teaching about the kingdom of God because it destroyed their base of authority. And so they had Jesus arrested. They took him to the high priest Caiaphas, and then they brought him to Pilate, the Roman governor at the time. We read in the Gospels that Pilate examined him and he said, I, I, I don't find any fault in this man. I mean, there, there's, no, there's no crime that I can find him guilty of that would even deserve you bringing him to me. Well, we read in that story that, uh, and in a couple of the other Gospels, that Pilate's wife sent word to him as he, was, uh, as he sat before Jesus to judge him and, and, and warned him and said, Hey, uh, don't, 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 don't get mixed up with this just man. I've, I've had a dream and I was warned of God uh, not, for you not to, to, to find fault with this man. And Pilate did everything that he could to get Jesus off. Uh, There was a custom uh, at the feast that they were in that the governor released a prisoner. And he says, well, I'll sort of stack the deck. I'll give them a choice as to which prisoner I'll release. And I'll stack the deck so they'll certainly choose Christ to be released. And so he found a man uh, that had committed treason that rose up and in in his treason actually murdered uh, another man. And this man, of course, was called Barabbas, and he says, I'll give him the choice. 
They can either choose to have me release Barabbas, and certainly they wouldn't choose him. I mean, he led an insurrection and actually killed somebody in that resurrection, or in that insurrection. Or I'll give, I'll give them the choice of Jesus Christ. Surely they'll choose Jesus. Surely they'll choose Christ over this, over this murderer, over this one that was guilty of, of treason. Now I, now, I think if Pilate would have known how it would have come out, he would have done something different. I think if Pilate would have known the choice that the people were, were going to make, he might have done something different. I mean, he, he, he did not know, but the one that stood before him was the Son of God. He did not know, but the one that stood before him was the creator of heaven and the earth. He did not know, but the one that stood before him was the one that put the sun in its place and put the moon in its place and put the stars in their place in the heavens. The one that knew all their names and charted their course. He did not know, but the one that stood before him was the one that taught the birds to sing. The all-powerful, omnipotent Son of God, who one day, in fact, not more than one day, but on a couple of occasions, stood in a stormy sea and stretched forth his hands and said, Peace, be still! And there was calm. Had Pilate known what the people were going to choose and how the people were going to choose, he would, I think, have done something different in order to release Christ. But he said, no, no, surely they would choose Christ over Barabbas. Surely they would choose this innocent man over this guilty one. And so he gave the people a choice. It's my custom to release one man at this time of year unto you. Which one do you want me to release? Do you want me to release this this traitor, this murderer, Barabbas? Or do you want me to release Christ? And the very people who a few days prior had flocked to hear Jesus teach. The very people who gathered around him and brought their sick relatives and and their sick friends to have Jesus speak or to touch them and heal him. Who just the week before had lined the street of Jerusalem and laid branches of palm uh, down before the donkey that Jesus rode on, extolling him to be the Messiah, the expected one that was coming. Those same people now stood before Pilate and when asked the question, who should I release, Barabbas or Jesus, cried out, release unto us Barabbas. Then Pilate asked the question, well, what should I do with Christ? What should I do with this innocent man? And they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. You see, that day the people had a choice. Were they going to choose Jesus or were they going to choose Barabbas? I want to point out three things to you about the choice that they faced that day. First of all, it was a free choice. They could choose either. Pilate did not force them to choose either of the two. Again, I think he's tried to stack the deck by the choice that he gave them in order to get them to, to, to release Christ. But they could choose any, any of the two men that they wanted. They were not forced to choose Barabbas. They were not forced to choose Christ. They had a free choice. The second thing I would point out to you is even though it was a free choice, it was a forced choice because they were called upon to make a choice. They, they, Pilate said, hey, the, these are the terms. I'm going to release one of these men unto you. Which one it's going to be? You get to choose. They had to decide. They had to, they, they had to make a decision that day. They could not walk away and not decide either Barabbas or Christ. They had to choose.
And then the third thing, and by the way, before you think, boy, he's already on his third point. He's going to be done in about five minutes, and we're going to be out of here. I want to tell you, I only have three points, but I'm going to make them three times. All right? (laughs) So don't get excited yet. But the third thing I would point out to you, there were some fruits of that choice. There were some consequences of that choice. You see, when the people made the choice, one person was going to be free and one person was going to die. One person was going to walk out of of the captivity of the jail. And Barabbas had been in jail for a while. But one person was going to walk out of the captivity of the Roman Empire to freedom. The other one was going to be crucified by the Roman Empire. So the choice the people made that day had some consequences. You see, this example, this story, this instance in the life of Christ was not unusual. It was not different from the way that God operates. You see, from the very beginning of time, God has given man choice. Am I going to serve God or am I not going to serve God? Am I going to be obedient to God or am I going to be disobedient to God? Am I going to do the things that God say or am I not going to do the things that God say? I mean, you can go back to the very first person that ever lived. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Go back to the man Adam. We're going to talk about Adam tonight. And, 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 and again, I'm going, to, I'm going to answer the question, why did he eat the fruit? He was not deceived. But Adam was given a choice by God. God said, look, Adam, I prepared this place for you. It's a wonderful place. Everything's perfect. And and there's only one rule, just one rule. You can eat of everything in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's my tree. Uh, don't, Don't eat from that tree because in the day you eat from that tree, you'll die. You'll die. And I've often thought about that. You know, I don't believe anything died in the Garden of Eden. I think God had to take some time, and we'll talk about it tonight, and explain to Adam what death was. Because he had not experienced death in the Garden of Eden. But God said, "You can just one rule. You can eat of every tree in the garden, every vegetable, every tree, everything else you can eat. But this one tree, leave it alone. Don't eat from it, because in the day that you do, you'll die. Adam had a choice to make, a choice given to him by God. It was a free choice. God did not say, hey, Adam, you are not going to eat from this tree. Adam had a free will. Adam had a free will. He could decide to eat from it. He could decide not to eat from it. But he, number two, for the second time, he had to choose. He had to choose. Every day in the Garden of Eden, he got up, he had to make a choice. Am I going to be obedient to God today? Or am I going to be disobedient? Am I going to stay away from the tree? Am I not going to eat the fruit? Am I not going to partake of that thing that God told me not to partake of? Or am I going to partake of it? He had the freedom to do that. It was a free choice, but it was a choice that he had to make. And then number three, for the second time, it was a choice that bore fruit. It was a choice that had some consequences. If he said, again, I am not going to eat the fruit today, he got to continue his fellowship with God. He got to stay in the Garden of Eden. He got to stay in that place that was prepared, especially for him, by God. If he was obedient, he got to enjoy the blessings of God in the Garden of Eden. But if he was disobedient, and again, I don't know that he had a complete understanding of what death was because he never experienced, but I think God explained it to him, death means that you and I, who have enjoyed this fellowship, 
You and I who have enjoyed this relationship as God, as creator God and creation, you and I are going to be separated. You and I are going to have to split. You and I are no longer going to be together. And so, Adam, the choice that you made has some fruit. It has some consequences. Either you choose to be obedient and and continue to enjoy the blessings that I have given you in the Garden of Eden, or you choose to be disobedient and get kicked out and get expelled from the Garden of Eden. And so, again, it was a free choice, but it was a choice that had to be made, and it was a choice uh, that, that bore fruit. Now, let me go through it the third time. The same is true today. The same is true for every one of us. You see, we have a choice this morning. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, you have a choice to make this morning. The Bible says you're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And there's a penalty for that sin. And that penalty is the same for us as it was for Adam. It's death, spiritual death, being separated from God. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, right now you are under the penalty of sin. You are separated from God. You don't have a relationship with him. You're not one of his children. You don't have heaven to look forward to. You are separated from God. And if you die in that state, you will be separated from him forever. The gospel, the good news of this book is, in, is that when we were sinners and could do nothing to pay for our sin, God stepped in and said, I'll pay for it. I'll send Jesus Christ. I'll send him to a cross. I'll let you hang him on the cross. And as you hang him on the cross, I'll hang on him. Every one of your sins. And he'll pay for him. And because he does, because he did, he can offer to every single person the gift of eternal life. So if you're here today, you have a choice to make. If you're here and you've never received Christ, you have a choice. Are you going to receive him as your savior? Are you going to admit that you're a sinner? Are you going to admit that God has the right to punish sin? Are you, are you going to come to Christ and ask him to save you? Or are, are you going to say no? Not for me. I'll figure out how to, how to get right with God on my own. I want to tell you something. If that's your plan, it's a bad plan. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved than Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There is not another way to get to God other than Jesus Christ. So you have a choice to make this morning. Am I going to receive Christ or am I going to reject him? By the way, you can't leave without making a choice. You say, oh, no, just a minute, preacher, I didn't come. I didn't come prepared to make that choice. Sorry, you're here. You've heard the gospel. You've heard the gospel. You have to make the choice. You either say yes or no. You can't, you can't walk away and not make a decision. You say yes or no, and there are some consequences for that decision. If you reject Christ... And if you die before you have another opportunity to receive him, you will be separated from him forever. Ever, 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 for all eternity. Look, there's no second chances in hell. I I, I wish some of our Catholic friends were right. I wish there was a way out of hell after you get there. But i got some bad news for you. There isn't. If there was, it would be in that book. It's not in that book. There is no way out of hell. Once you end... Once you go to hell, there, there, there is no escape. You can escape before you get there through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But once you get there, there's no escape. So there's some consequences. There's some fruit for that decision. It's a free decision. You can reject him or you can receive him. But it's a decision that you have to make, and there are some fruits from that decision. Heaven or hell. With God or apart from God. Oh, by the way, since most of you are Christians here this morning, let me go through those three things one more time with you in mind. You see, just like Adam every day got up and had a choice to make, am I going to obey God today or not? So we as Christians get up every day with that same choice. Am I going to obey God today or not? Am I going to be obedient to my Savior today or not? Am I going to do things that honor him or not? Am I going to do the things that he leads me to do or am I going to ignore his lead? We have that choice to make. It's a free choice. God doesn't make us serve him. He never made us get saved and he doesn't make us serve him. That's a free choice that we get to make. We are, we, we are still people of free will. I'm not a free will Baptist, but I'm a Baptist that have free will. Amen? I have free will. I can decide. Am I going to serve God today or am I going to be disobedient to him? I have that free choice. But it's a choice I have to make. I have to decide I'm going to serve him or I'm not. I mean, I can't just get up and say, well, I'm not going to decide today. Because God's going to tell me to do something. He's going to lead me to do something and I'm either going to do it or not. I am going to have to decide. I can't just get up tomorrow and say, well, it's Monday. I don't feel like making a decision today. And so, sorry, you can't do that. You've got to decide. And there are fruits that are associated with your decision. Because you see, the same way it worked for Adam in the Garden of Eden, it works for us today. Obedience to God brings his blessing. Let me say it again. Obedience to God brings his blessing. Now, now before, before you come back at me and say, well, just a minute, preacher, I've been obedient to God, and, and my life is in a mess. I mean, if you just look at what's happening in my life, I've tried to be obedient to God, and if you just look at what's happening in my life, I don't know how you can say that obedience to God brings God's blessing. <laughs> Who says God's blessing is everything turning out right for you? Who says God's blessing is always health? Who says God's blessing is always prosperity? Who says God's blessing is never to have any problems? Sometimes the greatest blessing that God can send is sickness. Because it draws us closer to him. It makes us realize that we are not our own, that we need to depend on him for everything. Sometimes the greatest blessing that God can send is not prosperity, but poverty. Again, because we realize that we don't live on this earth by our own devices. We are taken care of by Almighty God, and he will meet every need if we let him. Sometimes the greatest blessing is not the things that the world counts as blessings, but they are things that the world counts as hardships and, and, and heartaches. But those things sometimes are the greatest thing that God can do for us because he wants to draw us closer to him. And so, again, I say the blessings of God come in response to obedience to God. So we have a free choice to make. Am I going to be obedient or disobedient? But it's a choice that we have to make. And it's a choice that has fruit, that has consequences. So let me ask you today. You're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior. And again, I don't know who you are. As I look around the room, I think, because I know your testimony, most of us are saved this morning. 
Most of us, we've had a time in our life where we asked Jesus to be our Savior. And we can stand and testify, I've done that. I'm trusting Christ to make me right with God. I'm trusting Christ as he's forgiven my sins, washed me, washed all my sins away, and justified me in God's sight, declared me righteous. But if you're here and you don't know that, you have a choice to make. It's a free choice. You can receive Christ or you can reject him. But it's a choice you can't avoid. You have to make it. And there's some fruit. There's some consequences. It makes a difference between heaven and hell. To every Christian, we have, that, we have a choice. Am I going to be obedient today? You were obedient because you came to Sunday school. You were obedient because you came to church. The day's off to a good start in your obedience. But you know, there's going to be other decisions you have to make before the day's over. Am I going to honor God? Am I going to be obedient to him? Free choice. But a choice you have to make. A choice that has consequences. I entitled my sermon this morning, Your Choice. Your Choice. Because it is your choice. God allows us to choose. Am I going to receive him or reject him? Am I going to be obedient to him or am I going to be disobedient? How are you going to choose? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are a God that gives us that free choice. You don't want robots. You don't want folks that serve you because they didn't have any choice. But you want folks to love you. You want people to receive Christ. You want folks to serve you because it's our choice. It's the decision that we make. And so I pray for that person that might be here this morning that's never received Christ. Father, help them to see their sin this morning. Help them to see that there's a penalty for that sin, and that penalty is separation from you. And I pray, Father, that in the quietness of this moment, right now, they would just make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then, Father, I pray for the many Christians that are here. I pray that you would help us decide every day that we're going to be obedient that we're going to do the things you tell us to do, that we're going to avoid the things you tell us to avoid, that, that we're going to live our life in such a way that would bring honor and glory to you and to our Savior. Father, help us make that choice, every, a free choice. It's a choice we have to make, a choice that has fruit. I pray for this time of invitation. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts, that there, if, if there is somebody here that doesn't know Christ, that Right now, you would convict them of their sin, that you would convict them of their need for a Savior, and that you would help them to come. Just help them. Get up. Walk down the aisle in just a second. We'll take the Bible and show them from the Bible how to ask Jesus to be their Savior. Speak to our hearts as Christians. Again, help us to be obedient. Bless this time of invitation. I ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.